it's time for another episode of Marketing Pains. The podcast about marketing for window treatment and awning companies. Learn what your colleagues are doing to keep their businesses thriving and growing and what tools you can use to expand your own business. Enjoy the view as window treatment marketing pros owner Will Hankey talks with industry experts digging into their marketing successes, learning how they're attracting more customers and getting you thinking about ways to marketing your own company. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Paints. My name is Will Hankey. This is the podcast where we talk with real window treatment and awning service providers or business owners about their successes and struggles related to marketing their products and services. Uh, Today is a guest that uh, I've known for quite a while now and a veteran in the window treatment, window shading industry, uh, Rory McNeil. Rory, thanks for being on today. Hi, Will. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, really excited to have you on. We've, uh, we've, been trying to do this for quite some time. We keep passing each other at various conferences, and uh, I'm, I'm finally glad to have an opportunity to sit down and talk to you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, let's jump right in. Uh, I know that you are up to several things uh, in the industry right now, and you're, you've been in the industry for a long time. Uh, tell us, you know, give me the the maybe... Well, I usually say the two-minute elevator pitch, but we may need a little bit longer. Uh, but kind of give us the elevator pitch of, of what you're up to now. Okay. Um, well, these days um, I run Window Shading uh, Pro, which is a, a news uh, and information uh, newsletter for the window covering industry. It goes out to over 3,000 subscribers in North America, but there's probably about 11 other countries that, have, that we have subscribers in. But the majority of them are the U.S. and Canada. Um, and I try to publish that every couple of weeks, but um, sometimes in my, my own business life, uh, uh, I get uh, busy with uh, other projects and, and don't get to it uh, uh, every two weeks. But there's always enough news around the world. Um, uh, and so I, I tend to curate the news, read a lot of news articles from all over the world and, and put that into Window Pro and then editorialize uh, what I think is important for dealers and fabricators to be thinking about. And predominantly these days, that's always been smart home automation and uh, exterior shading. Those are the two fastest growing areas of our industry. And I I feel more and more dealers need to be uh, dipping their toes into those categories if they're not already um, not not already really committed. But so so I write a lot about um, uh, those two areas specifically, but areas where I think that they um, uh, would be of interest for. window covering readers. And usually I include some uh, uh, inane uh, YouTube video links and uh, occasionally TikTok when I come across it, but I try not to use TikTok at all. <laughs> but there's some interesting content. Usually pets in blinds. That's a, that's a good thing. Right. Always good right. for a laugh. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So the other stuff I do is I, I sell software to blind manufacturers, blinds and uh, drapery manufacturers. Um, so that software is typically for companies that have gotten to the size of 30 to 40 employees and are running their business on Excel and QuickBooks and uh, all hell is breaking loose and they can't expand anymore without automating their their processes. So that's where we can set them up with online order entry so their customers can place their orders online so they can minimize customer service costs. Um, And then we show them how to 
to link all their 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 material costs to a bill of materials so they can see exactly what products cost them. They can more accurately quote large jobs, um, and it really just usually transforms a business's ability to manage themselves and it gets them ready for the next level of growth. So I, I like that a lot because my whole career has been in the blind manufacturing business. I had my own business with my with my wife making roller shades, draperies, Roman shades. Uh, so it's an area I, I understand really well. So it's fun to be able to go into a, a business that's uh, growing but uh, hitting hitting a ceiling and uh, give them some solutions. I also do some consulting for the industry. Uh, usually it's um, or has been companies outside of the U.S. who are trying to understand the U.S. market a little bit uh, uh, more completely. Um, so those are the main things that I do these days. Um, and, uh, but when window shading pro is really the, probably takes up most of my time because of how much time it takes to, uh, to find and curate that, uh, that email, that yeah. email newsletter. Yeah. I can imagine that takes quite a bit. Your, your, uh, your newsletters are, are in depth too. It's not just a couple articles here and there. I mean, there's quite a bit of meat in there. Yeah. Every now and again, I'll come across some, you know, spectacular article from Europe that really talks about how the building industry is changing their specifications for glass and for exterior and interior window coverings. And that's a sign to everybody here, or at least it should be, that that's, that's coming to the U.S., you know, these higher um, uh, standards to try and keep the heat out of buildings to reduce cooling and heating costs. Yeah, There is, there is one other thing that uh, recently um, uh, signed an agreement with a company in Australia who manufactures... Um, cutting tables and ultrasonic welding machines and um, stop saws for production. So we're setting up a showroom with them here in Jacksonville. And uh, we'll also be uh, taking a 20, a 20 by 40 or a 30 by 40 booth at the Sun Shading Expo in Orlando in November. I think you're doing some speaking there, right? Uh, not this year, uh, but I did no? speak there last year. That's a huge event. I mean, it is monstrously big. So yeah, it's it's getting bigger too. I mean, on the on the ATA side, which is the Advanced Textiles Show, that's there's a lot of exterior shading. You probably saw that when you were there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and awning systems and fabrics, uh, and they have about 200 exhibitors and four or five thousand attendees. And Sun Shading Expo ex exhibits are co-locates with that uh, with that show. And at the moment, I think last year they had about 45 exhibitors and already they have 60 exhibitors confirmed uh, for uh, for this year, including uh, Coolis, um and a few other of the industry leaders. So it's uh, it's nice to see that they are growing that show um, because uh, they they certainly put on the biggest show in the world, which is uh, the Mesa Stuttgart show and R&T in, in Stuttgart, which is coming up in February. And that's that's been sold out for over a year. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. That's how that show basically decided after COVID to shut down um, and just wait till it was safe for their exhibitors to uh, and attendees to to attend. So it's been four or five years since they last did that show, um, and that's a show I've been going to since the end of the '80s. So it's uh, oh, wow. uh, just a phenomenal show. I mean, I don't know if you get a chance to go, uh, but uh, it's it it, it certainly lets you see how global our industry is sometimes uh, going to shows in this country you don't get that sense you know it looks uh, like there's the chinese and there's the americans and that's it but in reality right. every major country in the world has a booming window covering business window shading business and uh, 
uh, you can really get that sense when you go to Stuttgart. Yeah. I mean, I'm always looking for an excuse to go to Germany. I mean, that doesn't sound like okay. a horrible thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your heritage, right? Thank you. Yes, it is. Thing, right? yeah. <laughs> We're from in Germany. Do you know which part? Of, oh, no, I have no from? idea. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's, that's fantastic. So, um, so you partnered with them and now you have a, you're building a showroom in the Jacksonville area for that. Yeah, well, we found space that was ready to go, and we just need to widen doors and uh, get some more electricity into the space. But it'll be we'll be receiving the machines in in September, so the the showroom will be up and running before the show in uh, in Orlando before the Sun Shading Expo. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be good. And like it plays said, into yeah, it plays into what I like most. It's you know having labor saving devices for fabricators. Um, right. And, you know, gone are the days, you know, when I was 10 years old, I was stapling blind fabric onto wood spring rollers. That's how you attached a fabric to roller blinds back in the day. Yeah. And things are a little different today. Yeah. The, yeah these days, your average, your average fabricator will have a $120,000 cutting machine that is cutting all four sides of the, of the shade fabric. Same in the awning industry. The big guys in the awning industry are all totally automated. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, our software links to the machinery. So it's kind of uh, cool. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. It's interesting you mentioned um, glass too earlier. We had Anders Hall on a uh, previous episode, and that was one big thing he was working on uh, on the European side is all the. I, I haven't seen that. that. He's he's the greatest evangelist in Europe for uh, for smart window and interior and exterior automation of window yes. coverings. To uh, to to try and convince manufacturers, not just manufacturers, he's doing a good job of getting countries on board to new standards. Yes. So Anders, you know, he he was a, I think a twenty year career veteran of Somfy, and uh, now that he's, I wouldn't call him retired, but now that he's changed his career, his focus is really on uh, automating um, commercial windows because that's really where the biggest saving is. But the yep. same standards and the same research applies to. Um, in home too, yeah. residential. Yeah, and a lot of I haven't seen that, that. I haven't seen that either. I have to check that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Check, check that one I out. Saw, I saw him in Shanghai just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. We were staying at the same hotel. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting how uh, much ahead of they uh, ahead of us they are on that side of things, and uh, it. Well, it's because know, it's, be it's because. Sorry to interrupt. That's because energy costs are so high. And after uh, Germany invaded Ukraine, um, we can say that on a podcast, right? That actually happened. Um, <laughs> uh, after that happened, and, and energy costs skyrocketed in, in Europe, it certainly uh, it, it 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 makes Americans not as aware of how important those costs are. But uh, uh, if if we all saw our, our energy costs double. Um, or even in some cases triple, it would certainly change our focus too. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think um, you know most of our listeners are U.S. based, um, but uh, but we should probably be paying attention to the things that they're doing there because they they eventually will roll out over here as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you look at the average uh, large size home here, um, let's say two and a half thousand, three thousand square feet plus, those folks are paying four, five, six hundred dollars a month for their energy bills. And right now that's just cooling because of how hot it is everywhere sure. in the US. But um, in Jacksonville, we'll get down to colder weathers. Northern Florida will get into the mid 30s in the, in the winter. And so it's, it's heating costs too. 
And if you can um, allow more sunlight into your home during the winter months and reduce the amount of sunlight coming through the glass with either exterior shading or a combination of exterior and interior, it dramatically changes everything. Um, and I, I just don't think we think about it often enough because it's not a massive line item in the budget. But, you know, once it starts getting over five, six hundred dollars a month, we, you know, we and, and you know that just by good um, shading technology on your home, then you could probably reduce that by uh, as much as a third. Right. It's, it's significant. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, from the marketing side, that's good stuff to have on your website, right? I mean, you know, people are yeah. people are looking for those kinds of benefits as well. So always always good to talk about the uh, the benefits of something. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's circle back to talking about you and um, how long have you been in the window treatment industry? Well, I'm 56 years old now, years young now, uh, and I was making roller blinds when I was 10 years old, thanks to lax child labor laws in Scotland. <laughs> or maybe it was just a holiday pocket money. I can't remember. But I used to you know, stain wood slats before you could buy wood slats. Um, 50 millimeter or two inch uh, already pre-stained um, and we had to do them by the order can you imagine um, yeah. so back in the UK my family my father my uncle started a company called Eclipse Blinds which okay. these days is owned by Hunter Douglas um, but back then not only was there a, a Eclipse Blinds which made non-branded components and systems and machinery for blind makers there was also Apollo Blinds which was my father started was probably the pioneer of franchising, American style franchising in the UK. And at one time, the the UK franchise operation, which was called Apollo Blinds, um, had 140 franchisees across the UK. Um, wow. And all of those guys were manufacturers of blinds. Today, Hunter Douglas owned the master, or I think it's Luxiflex, but one of Hunter Douglas brands owns the master um, uh, uh, franchise uh, franchising agreement yep. for those franchisees so they're all still independent um uh stores but they're under one umbrella like budget blinds right right wow so you've, so, been, you've been doing it for a so while when i was a kid yeah yeah so when i was a kid i was you know installing blinds uh, measuring blinds uh, uh, i was in the sample department making uh, making samples for the vertical blind uh, uh, book that we had or the roller blind books we had for the uk market but in 1990 when I was uh, 23, I, or 1989, um, I came out to the U.S., to Orlando, ironically, to, oh. to do the draperies and window covering show um, as, a, as a vertical blind fabric company coming from Scotland. And the show was tremendous. And after that, I, I came out and drove 3,000 miles around Florida, following up on all the leads. And by the time I got to Jacksonville, again, coincidentally, um, I realized there's no way that we can sell to American blind manufacturers from Scotland. We have to have a place in Florida. So um, I called up my cousin, who's uh, uh, who was involved in the business for about three years of Eclipse's life in in Miami, and we set up a, a, a Eclipse Blind Systems in in Miami in 1990. And then the company sold, and neither one of us wanted to continue with the new management. So I left the company and moved out to California with my wife and kids. And then we started a business in uh, California. Initially, that was distributing what back then was the sort of cutting edge of vertical blinds, embossed PVC. Um, and then we grew that into uh, uh, starting a sheer 
drapery workroom to make sheer draperies that attached to vertical blinds. Um, and then we got into Roman shades and then roller blinds and um, made some grass cloth uh, uh, Roman shades also. And all the time, we there's really two sides of our business. We were, one side would be manufacturing finished product. And then the other side was developing new products I thought were interesting uh, to sell components and systems. So we sold like no-so bar systems for Roman shades to um, roller blind manufacturers who could take all of their, their SKUs and now be in the Roman shade business by using no-so yeah. bars. Um, and then we got into panel track hardware and we... We sold uh, probably the first panel track systems in in North America, um, maybe 15, 16, 17 years ago. So wow. all of that stuff is um, the kind of thing I like, you know. Whether it's finding new products or and uh, and really it was my my wife Rosa who was uh, running all the manufacturing side of the business. So she has a lot of experience in in manufacturing too. Um, and our industry has always been interesting in that um, the blind business sort of grew at the expense of the soft treatment business, the drapery business. And and then the drapery business sort of came back. And then the the hard window covering companies, the blind guys, were not really ready for, you know, buying sewing machines and getting into the drapery business. So there was always a divide between drapery sure. manufacturers and blind manufacturers. But we kind of straddled that. We were doing both because as far as I'm concerned, shading and window coverings are are all the same category. And uh, you you have to be in the market where it's going and where the profitability is. If you're not, you'll just make you'll make less money and tie up more and more of your inventory in products that, that don't move as quickly and as profitably. Right, right. And you mentioned that earlier too with the motorization. Right. That's a. I mean, that's the way everything is going now. I'm a huge uh, smart home fan. I love setting up these different routines and things like that. Love the automation, love, you know, just all of the different things that you can do, plus the um, the profit margins on the motorization stuff is a little higher too, so. Oh, of course. I mean, um, the, the, the typical roller blind, three foot wide by six foot long, would normally retail motorized with a clutch, or sorry, a manual with a clutch for uh, 100 bucks. Yeah. And once you add a $100 motor to that, that's $100 for the manufacturer's cost, then he's selling it for two hundred, um, and the retailer is selling it for four hundred. So you've gone from sure. a hundred hundred dollar uh, manual roller shade to a five hundred dollar shade. Yeah, and and the folks in our industry who are who are responding to motorization the best are not increasing in size. Not retailers who are who are adding to their overhead. They're just taking the blinds that they were selling and doubling or tripling the sales price. Yeah. And the smart manufacturers are doing the same thing. You know, they make a thousand blinds a week, but now half of those are motorized and their sales are uh, have increased 200% without increasing overhead. Like, man, that's the, seems to be the key to any business. How do you, yeah. how do we make more profit and, and more revenue without increasing overhead? Yeah. Motorization. Yeah. Yep. Motorization. And then, as you mentioned, the other thing is exterior uh, is yeah. kind of gaining traction. Yeah, very much so. Very yeah. much so. Especially down where you're at, right? And, and especially in the South, it seems uh, uh, a lot more people are interested in the, uh, you know, the motorization of bringing the shades down in the afternoon with the, the sun. And of course, it, I mean, it's it, it's great here in Missouri too, right? But we don't have the, that long of a season 
Uh, yeah, well, what, what we saw as a result of COVID was that more and more people were spending a lot of time at home. So that gave interior window coverings a, a real boost. But it yeah. also increased the amount of time people wanted to uh, be outside and sort of recapture their exterior space. And in yeah. Florida, that means if you're out at, you know, at sunset, then you're mosquito fodder, or at least I am. Right. And, and exterior shading can close off your patios to insects and allow you to run fans in that space. And now you've got a cool uh area where you can spend more time at home and yeah. that's just exploded the exterior shading market you can yeah you can see again following sort of european examples the the rnt stuttgart show or the mesa stuttgart folks five years ago created a separate show called ambience i think it is outdoor ambience and okay. that was that was deliberately to to promote the exterior shading and uh, patio furniture industry and the awnings and umbrellas and all that kind of stuff. So they felt it was enough of a trend pre-COVID to create a whole show around exterior shading yeah. um, or exterior living, I suppose you could say. Um, so that's very much where uh, our industry is going and smart retailers will be finding manufacturing partners who can help them get into those those product categories. And usually yeah. that means difficult stuff like, uh, you know, different types of installers who can use real masonry anchors to the exteriors of building. That's the, that starts to get into contractors licenses. And, um, uh, but they're, they're just critical areas. If you're in the shading business, you need to be in interior and exterior or vice versa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great opportunity. It is. And we see some of our clients on the window treatment side that are starting to add, you know, they're, they're starting small. They're doing like retractable awnings, right? Because again, yeah. those are residential, uh, but, you know, shade sales, things like that. So starting to kind of get into that extra area. The other thing that um, I've noticed a lot is um, the increase in restaurants that are looking for outdoor space post-COVID, yeah. right? Because yeah. you can sit a little further away from each other. <laughs> well, not just that. I mean, if you've got a patio, the best examples are in Florida, Texas, California, where at night your patio is too cold to to fit um, uh, customers. Yep. But by closing off the space and heating it, they can double their, their capacity. And of course, COVID forced that because we were all you know happy to eat outside. Yeah. But, uh, and it was more space required between the tables and so on. But Restaurants have seen that it doubles their uh, ability to sell covers, sell yeah. meals, um, and uh, that's that's critical. So for them, you know, if you take a, I was in a restaurant in Dallas recently that um, um, that was had a, a ceiling, a retractable ceiling as well as retractable zip shades on the sides, and that was probably a sixty thousand dollar installation for um, maybe claiming two thousand square feet, fifteen hundred yeah. square feet. Yeah. So it gives you an idea of just how much more value there is on those. Um, and certainly the, the installation is more tricky, but great opportunities. Yeah. You're listening to the Marketing Pains Podcast. We'll be right back after this break. This episode of Marketing Pains is sponsored and underwritten by my own company, Window Treatment Marketing Pros. First of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to listen to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I hope that you're gaining some knowledge, tidbits, uh, good information that will help your business grow. Window Treatment Marketing Pros is the only digital marketing company that works specifically with window treatment and awning companies around the U.S. 
We handle entire digital marketing campaigns from website design to SEO and more. With over 23 years of experience in the digital marketing arena, we can help your business get more website traffic, leads, and phone calls. We work with businesses that are experiencing significant growth or businesses that want to experience significant growth, and we have plans to fit most of those companies. If you're ready to invest in your business, you want the phone to ring more, and you have the resources to handle that growth, please schedule a short discovery call with me at wtmarketingpros.com strategy. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you about your business, your vision for the future, and your ultimate goals for your company. Schedule that today, and I look forward to meeting you. In the meantime, back to today's episode. Yeah, we see it here in Missouri uh, wineries for instance, are doing that mm, uh, because, because their, their typical season is pretty short, right? You know, so that's a way for them to expand as well. Uh, and we see that more and more often. Uh, not that we spend a lot of time at wineries, but maybe we do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can never spend too much time at wineries. Right. <laughs> well, cool. so, so go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to say that um, the, the, uh, the exterior shading business as it relates to the hospitality business, I see more and more wholesale fabricators in North America going to those restaurant trade shows to find those regional and national um, restaurants who are who are all rushing to um, to put exterior shading on their patios to, to to reclaim that space really. Yeah. 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 Well, Listen, you are by far the expert in this industry with all this stuff. And I guess that makes sense while you're doing um, the Window Shading Pro uh, newsletter. Uh, is it okay to call it a newsletter? Is that kind of what yeah, it is? Yeah, I think that's the best example. When I started it, it was back in 94. And uh, my wife was pregnant and she had been given a bed rest. And I thought, well, if she's in bed, how can I get her to work? But <laughs> I went and bought a maybe not a very uh, very nice thing to admit to, but there you go. Um, uh, so we, I went and bought a modem. And back then when you bought a, 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 the slowest modem you could find or the fastest modem you could find at 740K or something, um, you got uh, CompuServe and AOL and, uh, and uh, I think it was Genie. There's like four or five different software packages that came with a, with a, with a modem. And, and all of a sudden you realize you're connected to uh, an entire world um, right. and that was a real uh, um, learning experience for me back then and so I started looking on AOL and CompuServe for people who had put window coverings in their bios and eventually you know we we're adding you know more and more people to a discussion group we used to fill up three chat rooms on AOL back in the early days now and I, I I didn't like it as much as the newsletter or the uh, yeah, the newsletter um, format, because most of us guys in the window covering business can't type fast enough to be able to have a conversation in, in uh, real time, right? Sure. Uh, whereas the women were always a lot better. So the drapery pro type people were were better at communicating uh, um, real time and instant messages back then. So as, a, as window pro, it was called back then, window shading pro, it's called now, as it grew, um, it was more a kind of question and answer, and I would use it to put news out, but it was always text-based. And yeah. then about uh, eight, nine years ago, I thought I, I just need to change it over to being a newsletter format where I'm finding the information I'm putting it out. So it was less of a two-way conversation and more of a, a one-way broadcast. 
Um, and so uh, the nice thing is, I mean, I, I know it's very unusual, but I I know that we're we're seeing on our our newsletters, uh, you know, over sixty percent open rate on the emails, which is really unheard of in, oh, yeah. in marketing. And I yeah. think it has a lot to do with the fact that I've spent so much time in the in the window covering industry. So most of the people know me personally, and that changes the relationship between reader and writer, really. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they know your expertise, all of that kind of stuff. So maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So with <laughs> reported the, uh, expertise. Yeah. <laughs> right. With the uh, with the newsletter, who is your target audience? I, I can imagine there might be a couple different uh, audiences you're after. Yeah, I'm often asked by by folks who use Window Shading Pro for advertising. They say, "Well, who are what's your demographic?" and and I can look at the list and I can tell you that it's probably sixty percent uh, retailers and interior designers, and then it's probably fifteen to twenty percent manufacturers, whether that's retail manufacturers or wholesale manufacturers, and then the rest are installers, um, and that and and also national brand names. So everybody from Marco Sonnenberg reads the reads the email on a regular basis to the uh, the presidents at Springs and Levelor and other other Hunter Douglas divisions. So I know it's closely watched. It's kind of a nice compliment. Um, but from from the inception, I never wanted to ask people to to give me their bio to subscribe. It was always just give me your email address and I know who sure. you are, but I don't I don't need it, you know, in a way that somebody would be trying to commercially monetize their podcast. Yeah. And you don't do that, but the the commercial podcasts out there that um, you know might be for CNN and uh, and MSNBC or Fox News, or it might be those guys are trying to get an idea of their demographic all the time. And I felt that was kind of private information from the beginning, so I just know it because I know the the, the almost all the email addresses that are on there. I know who they are, where they come from. And you know, yeah. how it is also you can look at a you can look at somebody's IP address and know where they are in the country and get a quick sense of, uh, of who that is. Sure. Um, such are American privacy laws. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So quite a mix. And I'm assuming the the content uh, when you when you create the content, you have all those different demographics in mind. So there's something for everyone in there. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you can have a look at uh, the archives and have a look at the kinds of things I'm writing about. But it's everything from the new technology or uh, new technologies and textiles to um, a before and after shot of an Aspen home. I, I, I always, I mean, having been in this sort of window covering business so long, the sharp end of the business is when somebody's home is transformed by window covering. So to see it go from this is what it was, you know, 10 years ago when it went on the market, and this is what it looks like now, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys were recently in Shanghai. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. I, I mentioned that uh, the, the folks who put on the Sun Shading Expo in, in Orlando in November also do the Stuttgart, the world's biggest window covering show in Stuttgart. Um, there's probably about 2,000 exhibitors at that show. Yes, a lot of wow. exhibitors. Wow. And 75,000 or 100,000 attendees, just massive. Um, so they put on that that show and they also put on a show it was called RT Asia and it's it's probably been going I was there for the first one maybe 15 years ago and it's just uh, exploded in size so that now it occupies four different halls in one of the largest convention centers in the world in Shanghai their national exhibition and conference center uh, it's an amazing building it's designed like a clover leaf um, from so when you look at it from above it's uh, okay. very uh, very impressive uh, so I was there for that that show because I, I like to be 
uh, finding out what's what's new and uh, what's different. Um, and this year, there wasn't as many people uh, visiting from from the west. I think because the the RNT Stuttgart show is coming up in February, uh, so a lot of people were were focused on that that show because it's bigger. Yeah. Oh, it's bigger than that, huh? Wow. Yeah, it's bigger than the RT <clears throat> Asia show. Yeah, but RT also they've done they do a regular show in Turkey too because uh, the Turkey is a very vibrant uh, aluminum and uh, fabrics market. Um, so a lot of fabricators in and around um, manufacturers in and around Turkey, and they've done shows in Brazil and uh, Australia in the past. So they really are a global organization and um, uh, uh, fun to watch their their shows grow and the kind of diversity they have at their shows. Yeah. And I love that you're, I mean, your boots on the ground in, in these things to know, you know, what's going on, what's the latest in the industry. So, uh, so that you can share those things with everybody else. Yeah. Well, I, I always think that if you go to a show and regardless if it's a small show and you don't see something new, then you're not looking hard enough because it's there. Um, and as you get older and you think you're more experienced in the industry, uh, you miss stuff because because of your own pre-existing uh, concepts of what the, what's what is interesting, and what I found uh, what 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 both my wife and I found in in Shanghai is after two days of you know eight hours a day walking the aisles, the third day when everybody kind of left, uh, most attendees were starting to go by that time, even some exhibitors were starting to cut down their staff. That's when you start to see stuff on the booth that you couldn't see before because there was too many people there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I saw a lot of new stuff um, uh, at uh, at Shanghai. It's, it's it's fun to keep an open mind and uh, and uh, I'll report on that actually in the next um, uh, Winter Shading Pro. Yeah, and I've seen you at conferences in the past where you're you're moving from one booth to the next, and it may take you thirty minutes because people stop and talk to you and. Uh, just want to hear more of you know uh, the expertise and things that you know. So uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a, it's a it kind of a curse, but I've traveled a lot <laughs> in the U.S. That's not really a curse. That's fun. Um, yeah. And you over over the years, the same fabricators, manufacturers that I was selling to thirty years ago, the same guys who are in business today. Yeah. So you you develop long term relationships with these guys and uh, and friendships, and so you can't help but get. Um, uh, distracted, I guess, when you're when you're walking around a show. So sometimes yeah. it can be tough to cover a show properly. Right. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about uh, motorization and, and exterior. Are there any other current trends that you see that we should be paying attention to right now? Yeah, I think soft fabrics are making a comeback at the high-end uh, consumer across the country. Um, and our industry has has sort of, sort of consolidated around some large drapery workrooms. So the, the folks who are out there who have a drapery workroom business have really have the opportunity to expand that um, because it's a difficult technology to to teach new seamstresses to learn because no 20, 30-year-olds are learning uh, the art of sewing. Sure. So a lot of the folks, certainly most of our employees, when we had... Uh, 30, 40 seamstresses were all in their 50s. Uh, that's 20 years ago. So you can imagine that 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 technology sort of ages out. So you start to see pressure on China and Vietnam and uh, um, other Asian countries, even Mexico, to try and in- increase their capacity for doing um, soft treatments. Um, okay. And you start you start to see American manufacturers 
by automated equipment that can help them make Roman shades more accurately because it's they're difficult to make. Um, not as easy as cutting a, a rectangle for a roller shave. Um, so I think that's probably the the biggest trend that hard window covering guys are are not paying attention to. It's it's the increasing um, soft market expansion, whether that's Roman shades and draperies, multiple layer draperies, you know, shears on blackouts, um, where you're just doubling the the value of the window treatment because you're you're adding more layers. Right. Um, and I continue to see that uh, uh, woven woods, or more accurately, we used to call them woven woods, but really it's more grass cloths are uh, eking out a sort of market where the consumer wants more natural product in their home. And grass cloths or woven grasses are light filtering and are, are warmer typically than some um, natural man-made products, unnatural polyester man-made products. So, yeah. yeah, those are the, the trends, I think. You, I mean, motorization is it. You, you could tell just by being at uh, uh, the Shanghai show that um, there was probably 30 different manufacturers of, of motors there. Um, there used to be four or five. That's that's a big difference. That is, yeah. 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 Wow, that's cool. Uh, so uh, on the marketing side, since I'm a marketing guy, uh, is there anything that you've seen around – uh, some of the bigger companies pushing on on like on their marketing things that they're pushing a little bit more. Well, I think s- smart manufacturers like like Hunter Douglas um, try to create demand for their products at the retail level by consumer advertising. Not sure. many other companies in our industry can do that, but when they do that, they push those leads back through their own. Um, uh, gallery dealer network or their platinum dealer network and and that's very very smart uh, i don't i wish that more manufacturers uh, b- because google adwords is kind of an uh, uh, open playground you know if if you or i wanted to um to market a new type of window covering and we already have a thousand uh, customers in a given marketplace but they're maybe not used to going and marketing uh, for exterior shading then it makes sense for manufacturers to consider marketing to consumers to help drive leads for their dealers. And yeah. I don't see that being done enough. Yeah. I see it done on the shutter side, you know, where large shutter manufacturers are marketing um, non-branded product, sometimes branded, but non-branded too, in markets all over the U.S. and then driving those leads to dealers. Um, because so many dealers, uh, so many retailers in our industry I've seen large companies come and go where, you know, they they start out by working through distributors, then they find out who the, the dealers are and they try and cut the dealers out, or cut the distributors out and go directly to the dealers. Um, and what I'm suggesting is that it, it, some smart uh, shutter manufacturers and window covering uh, manufacturers are realizing that they can help create demand in markets and push that those sales to their own customers. Right. It's sort of taking that hundred August business model, but not owning the end sale, but helping your dealer, like really helping your dealer push your products. And that seems to be a seems to me to be a partnership that more fabricators should be doing. Yeah. Um, and it it helps it helps their dealer, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, totally makes sense. And uh, uh they can control the ads, they can control the copy. Plus, they know their products. 
Yes. Right? And they, yeah. they know their consumers. So uh, totally makes sense. So. Yeah, I think you, I mean, you've probably been approached by some manufacturers like that because they don't want to go into the retail business, but they right. sure as heck want to try and encourage their dealers to get that business. Yes. And if they can do a better job of marketing, they just have to learn more about Google AdWords and they have to learn more about uh, digital media. Yep. And if you don't, yep. somebody else is going to come and get that business. Agreed. And you're right. Uh, even just over the last couple of months, uh, we've had an increase in uh, manufacturer related calls uh, that wanted to get into the marketing side. So, yeah, makes sense. It, it yeah. makes sense for you too to, to, uh, to approach these guys and say, look, uh, for X amount of dollars, we can help you uh, control your immediate markets, you know, the ones where they can offer uh, measure and installation services when their dealers don't want to, especially on things like exterior products. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, um, on the install side too, like you, you mentioned earlier. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So um, window shading pro, if, if you had an unlimited budget, what would be the craziest marketing stunt that you would like to do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) Well, the unlimited budget always comes down to buying email addresses, right? Uh, I could buy, 5,000 email addresses today that would cost me 50 cents uh, uh, an email address. I guess that's sure. not really unlimited. That's two and a half grand, right? Yeah. Um, but you can, there's probably, uh, there's probably 20,000 um, window covering type email addresses that I would buy to build the subscription base. But when you do that, you're really flouting the rules of direct marketing because those people didn't directly subscribe to your email address. So to your, to your uh, publication um, or to your subscriber base. So that's technically against the rules. Um, And if you get enough people who who call it spam, then, then you're, you're, you're devaluing your own database. You know, you're, you're, you're making it less important. So um, for me, the unlimited budget would probably go to trade show marketing. but to date, you know, advertising revenue for Window Shading Pro doesn't really support you spending $10,000 to do a trade show, right? right. Um, <laughs> so um, I'll just continue to grow it organically. That's pretty sure. much how it's been growing all this time. Um, and as long as I have, well, I guess the, the more important number to me is, is the engagement rate, you know, how, what, what percentage of people we have opening the emails and then what percentage we have clicking through. And, yeah. and that's usually about 10%, but it depends on the content. Again, if a good advertiser gives me uh, YouTube video links to put into their, their email address, I'll take screenshots of the video so it looks like a embedded YouTube video and it'll take you directly to YouTube site. Right. Um, that drives uh, click-throughs dramatically more than just static URLs um, uh, or HTML links. Um, so that you can have a, you know, one fabricator who gives me an ad or one company who gives me an ad who doesn't put any digital media content like YouTube videos in there. And, and they'll get a hundred people who uh, click through to their site. And then somebody like Coolis who gives me dynamic content, will see three, four, five, 600 people clicking through to their website. Right. That's, those are leads they can provide back to their customers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. The other thing you could do with, purchasing email addresses and you could upload those to Facebook and Google and then run ads to lookalike audiences, uh, people that look like these people, but are not these people. 
uh, or are these people right? So those, those that's kind of a way to um, get more exposure for your brand uh, outside it's, it's of just good, emailing them directly. It's a really good point, but to my discredit, um, I fell out with uh, with Facebook and Instagram. Anything made oh, no. really. Uh, all, but it was, I don't know, five years ago, probably around the time that my mom passed away. And I began to, and it was before Cambridge Analytica, you know, the big scandal with uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Cambridge Analytica using Facebook's uh, database to to push negative uh, campaign themes into all of our mailboxes, you know, right. whether it was Democratic or Republican. It was a horrible time in digital media. And so I said, screw it, I'm not, uh, not going to deal with these anymore. But I, I know that's where the people are, certainly. Um, uh, but I've tried to tailor content to, to folks who want to receive a newsletter in their mailbox rather than sure. necessarily uh, uh, getting their information on on Facebook or Instagram. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Listen, listen Rory, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, if people want to learn more about Window Shading Pro, what are the best ways for them to to sign up? Uh, the easiest way is just to go to our website. It's windowshading.pro. Um, and uh, there's a subscription uh, area there where they can sign on to the newsletter, or they can just uh, drop me an email from the from the website too. I'm pretty easy to 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 find, having been on the internet since '94. If you Google Rory McNeil, I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> with all my Instagram and Facebook pictures. <laughs> nice. And then the newsletter's free, right? Yes, always been free. We just we just um, support it by by. Uh, letting advertisers advertise to our subscribers, but we never give the advertisers the mailing list. We never give them uh, any data that that uh, is, I consider proprietary and, and sure. uh, secure um, for, from the list. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, if, uh, if you are listening and you're not uh, subscribed to this uh, newsletter, it's a no brainer. Uh, yeah, where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Windowshading.pro, P-R-O. Uh, that's uh, that's the place to go. So, uh, Rory, thank you so much for your time today and uh, sharing your expertise. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. And if uh, if any of your um, uh, podcast viewers are going to that Sun Shading Expo in, in Orlando, uh, I'll be exhibiting there on the Ultra Kit Ultra Cut booth. Um, look forward to seeing you there. Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's great. This could be a good show. Uh, again, yeah, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time. If you are a listener and you enjoy this content uh, or any of the other podcast episodes that we put together, we'd love uh, you know a, a thumbs up, a review, something like that on iTunes. But more interest, uh, more uh, importantly, just subscribe to the podcast so that you can get alerted for upcoming interviews like this one. I do appreciate you listening and taking your time to do so. And uh, uh, Rory, appreciate you always. Thanks, Will. Can I put this uh, podcast and some perhaps some of your other podcasts on the newsletter? Oh, of course. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'll do it. Happy to share those with you. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Marketing Pains Podcast, where window treatment and awning business owners and industry experts share marketing information that helps you reach more customers. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and get all of our show notes at wtmarketingpros.com slash podcast.